To support our work at the Izzy and Murtada Picture Show and the work of other independent creators like us, sign up to listen to the podcast on Nebula. Nebula is the creator-owned streaming platform that hosts great videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Sign up today at nebula.tv slash picture show, and you'll get access to this podcast plus other great podcasts and videos. Sign up at Nebula and help support independent media creators. That's nebula.tv slash picture show. Mortada, and this is the Izzy and Mortada Fiction Show. This is our second episode, yay! Um, this week we are talking about the 20 actors nominated for the Oscars this year in the four acting categories. Um, we will try to go into each category, talk about who we prefer, who we don't like as much, who we think is going to win, who will get our vote, and in the end, maybe we'll talk about a couple of overlooked performances that should have been nominated for acting this year. Yep. Some big snubs, I think, that we actually agree on mostly, I think. Yes. From what I remember. Yeah. In our casual conversations about it. Let's start with the supporting actress. The nominees this year are Angela Bassett in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow in The Whale, Gary Condon in The Batches of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. What do you think? I think this is a pretty good category, actually, like overall. I actually disagree with you on that. I think this is an absolutely not great category, um, <laughs> especially when you look at the year. There have been so many wonderful performances in Supporting Actress that the Academy just decided to ignore. Um, but before we get there, I think la in last week's episode, I talked about Dolly DeLeon, who I totally think should have been here. Um, let's talk about these performances. What do you think of, I think Angela Bassett is, the surprise here is not that Angela Bassett is nominated for an Oscar and is the favorite to win, but the fact that this is only her second ever nomination in her career and that she doesn't have like two Oscars already. I think that's exactly. a surprise. Exactly. And it almost feels like this nomination is simply an acknowledgement of that as opposed to like specific to this film in general uh, this version of black panther or the sequel hasn't received quite as much um critical acclaim as the original and obviously of course they were in a tough spot kind of having to rework a lot of material um due to the tragic passing of Tra chadwick boseman but um it yeah it just didn't seem to kind of capture the imagination quite as much as the original did um although i think it kind of forced in a way that other actors in the franchise kind of had to step up and kind of fill his shoes a little bit. Um, so it's good to know. I didn't see that, see this movie. Um, <laughs> but it's good to know, like, I mean, of course, if, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Angela Bassett, like a, a titan of her of her era, I guess, and still a titan. Who who else could, could fill these shoes but Angela Bassett? Right, like they are very lucky that she was already playing that role and that she could step in in the sequel and fill um, the enormous loss left by Chadwick Boseman. Um, she is, I, I did hit play on this movie, but I can't say I paid attention to it because it's a Marvel movie, but I did pay attention in her seat and she is wonderful. Like every time she's on, she's on, I snapped up, I looked at the screen. Um, she is wonderful. But I think this is more of, of a career nomination or at least, you know, I don't want to say a nomination, a career nomination, but the win, if it happens, and I think all indications are that it's going to happen, it's for her career. Um, like um, I, I love the piano and I love Holly Hunter, but I still think Angela should have won for what's love what to do is it. <laughs> no. We'll always think that way. <laughs> yeah. And truly, like, who can begrudge a win like that? for someone who deserves it so much like i don't think yeah. anyone should spend time feeling upset about it if they're really in someone else's camp for this year like it's yeah. more deserved than anything else um especially because i think the other performances in this i like carrie and i like hong but i just think this is a, a weak category it doesn't really reflect the year um but let's talk about hong chow and the whale um i think hong is just this nomination. I was so happy it happened 
because she's been doing great work. That it's been six years since the pilot of Big Little Lies. And I looked at and you and I. What was she in that show? Exactly, she was (laughs) one of the Greek chorus, the sort of like uh, parents in the school who were just Mm. in the background commenting on on the happenings. So this totally is the point. In six years, she's gone from that to all these amazing performances. And she's always the best thing about the movie. She's the best thing about the whale. She's the best thing about the menu. Menu, yeah. Um, And at the New York Film Festival this year, I saw Kelly Reichardt showing up, which she totally steals from Michelle Williams. She is so funny and wry and just great in that movie. And she's definitely having like, a big moment mm-hmm. um and so it's always nice when when an actor is having a moment like this and the academy's like notices and they're like oh sure hong chow it's totally. your time yeah she's one of those like 10 year um long overnight successes yeah where, like there are there are things i checked her imdb where i've clearly seen her before but i don't really think i even registered who she was until i saw the menu um yeah. and then realized like oh yeah like She's in the whale. Like, I got to check out the whale. Um, but yeah, for me, she stole the the menu as well. Like, she has some comic notes in that that are fantastic. Um, and then knowing that she can kind of pair that with the dramatic heft that she has in the whale is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. So I'm really excited for, like, her to become a mainstay of um, Hollywood, I guess. Yeah. And I also just like this performance in the whale. I think the whale is a movie that is trying to be empathetic to its characters. At least that's the thesis that's presented to, to the audience. Let's be empathetic to this man and try to find him some grace. And the only actor who's actually doing that, whose their performance is providing that empathy, is Hong Chao. Every time she's in, the way she looks at, at Brendan Fraser, she plays his best friend and um, a nurse. The way she looks at him, the way she treats him, even when she's needling him, even when she's mad at him for, you know, not taking care of himself, has so much empathy. Like when I see her looking at him, I understand what the movie's trying to do. Um, right. It's like, does the movie do this successfully overall? Maybe not. But I do think like a lot of its smaller successes come f- specifically from how Hong Chao performs that role. So Hong Chao, like um, if Angela wasn't... <laughs> In the category, or actually, actually, you know, I'm not the Academy, so I will vote for Hong Tao out of these five. It's absolutely <laughs> uh, my favorite performance. I don't have to consider. I, I, my vote is a phantom vote, so I actually don't have to yeah, consider no. where, whether it goes to the winner or not. <laughs> yeah, I think my phantom vote would definitely have to be Carrie Condon, though. Um, I don't remember if we agree on this performance or not, but to me, um, she was such a welcome and kind of like the realistic presence in Banshees of, of Inisherin, where she kind of um, is kind of looking around at everybody with her hands in the air, like, what the hell is going on? And I just need to live my life for me. And I thought her uh, portrayal of that was really touching. And you can kind of see the regret and the passion in her character for like living her own life. And I think it was really cool the way that she kind of balanced those layers. So loved it. Yeah, I think of all the actors in that movie, she's the one who you look at her and you get the whole history of that character. Like she doesn't need to say anything or do anything. You completely understand this woman just by the way she inhabits the frame, by the way she moves around, the way she looks at the other characters in the film. You get all the history of all their relationships. And yeah, it it is a brilliant. Yep. It's a, but, uh, but I mean, I guess I consider the category a little bit stacked because... Um, I appreciate, I think, more than I am like truly passionately from the core of my being enthused about uh, the everything, everywhere, all at once nominations. Um, but I, I like them. I mean, I appreciate that. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of getting a similar treatment to Angela Bassett, where it's sort of like an acknowledgement of where she's, of how long she's been in the industry and how much she's affected the industry. Um, and she's just never gotten recognition for it, largely because her most impactful roles have come in a genre that the Academy at most critics groups tend to ignore. Yeah. Um, so I think it's nice to see her. I know her 
quasi campaigning on social media has like annoyed some people, but I think that's mostly like you need to get over it. <laughs> She's yeah. allowed to be passionate about it. Um, and then Stephanie Sue, um, I mean, I think I wasn't too blown away by her performance, but I like, I like that she's there. Like, I think it, um, I think she resonated with a lot of people in a way that like maybe didn't hit with me quite as much, but, um, I think it's nice to see that kind of reflection in like the people who are watching these movies and feel really, uh, closely tied to them, saw themselves in her. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's good to see like someone young, someone fresh who doesn't have a ton of experience in the industry, like being able to uh, show up here and kind of show what she has to offer. Yeah. Um, I think all of what I don't like about everything everywhere all at once kind of falls into that character, mm-hmm. um, that frantic energy, the sort of, and I, I, I hear what you're saying about that people recognize the character and feel a connection to them because she's the one who's, you know, she's queer. She's trying to make this connection with her mom. Then she gets mad. And so it's an experience that a lot of people, including me, have gone through. But the way that that performance is edited and the way that they give her all these fantastical things to do, it just, I completely rejected it. I was not yeah. in love with it. Um, I think Jamie Lee, in if we were to compare the two, I think Jamie Lee is doing a very specific comedic thing that I did not find funny at all, but I appreciated the effort and the commitment. It's also interesting, I mean, that she comes from this genre that uh, tends to get ignored and that the second genre that the Academy ignores is comedy and here she is getting um, nominations for comedy. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting how she's managed to weave her way in in a strange way and kind of like an unexpected vehicle for her it's not like she earned her nomination through some oh actually i'm a serious actress i'm gonna do a drama where i'm you know uh a two leslie if you will um, <laughs> yes but no she yeah she just found like this kind of off the wall small role in a in a fantasy drama i don't know how else to describe it. like sci-fi i don't know yeah. um which is cool. Like, I think that's um, really interesting. Yeah. So do you agree that Bassett's is the favorite to win here? Yeah, I think so. Um, I wouldn't, I would be surprised if anyone else won, maybe Carrie Condon, just based off the BAFTA. I don't know if, I don't think there's too much crossover between those voting bodies, but um I mean, sometimes the the BAFTA indicates a winner, like when in, it indicated Anthony Hopkins. It's some sometimes it's just a British thing. I yeah. think in in the case, I think of in this case, it's a British thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. I would, I definitely think Angela Bassett has like a very specific American appeal, like having played a lot of these very like American icons and figures and all all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, Coretta Scott. King and Betty Shabazz. Like, who else could have played those? And I yeah. found out she played Michelle Obama on... And Tina. And Tina Turner, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, so do you want to move on to supporting actor? Yeah, let's do it. So supporting actor, the nominees are Brendan Gleeson in The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan in The Banshees of Inisherin. And Ki Hee Kwan in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I was so happy that Brian Tyree Henry got nominated. That well, I, that's, again, the one movie I haven't seen. But Brian Tyree Henry is another one where I'm just like, I constantly want you to be nominated. Like, everything that I see him in, he is so phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and he's, I'm just like, great. Yeah, put him there. I love it. Yeah, and you're totally right. He's sort of an actor that it was just a matter of time of him getting nominated or winning an Oscar because the work that he's been putting in Atlanta mm-hmm. and if Beale Street could talk um, is just so great and everything he is, including Causeway. Like in Causeway, it's a very sort of small movie and it's just about the friendship between these two people played by him and Jennifer Lawrence. And he has such gravitas in that role, but also he has a sexual energy in it. And he is, you know, able to sort of toe the line between between those two things while being present to allow Jennifer Lawrence to sort of like, he's not trying to hog the limelight for her or doing histrionics to, to draw attention to him. He's just being present in the scene. And she is too. And I think he sort of like 
somehow together they work really well. They relax each other a little bit more and their performances are just so understated, but so gorgeous. And it's the type of performance because the movie is not the, the only nomination that the movie got. I, you know, even though he was campaigning and there was definitely a campaign behind him, I was like, it's probably not going to happen, although he deserves it. And I just loved it. Yeah. I hope that this kind of announces him as like a major, uh, not awards presence, like for the sake of awards, but like in the sense that if you have a major awards presence, you're constantly in a lot of like big dramatic things. And I, I'm just like, yeah, please cast him in more things all the time. Well, I'm yeah. not saying like, I'm not trying to imply that he like won't be cast, but I, I don't know. I just have but kind of like announces him as a major figure in that way. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's going to be cast in a lot of things. He's, he will have a long career. Um, we talked a little bit about the two guys from Banshees last year, because I think Banshees' strength is about its, its ensemble. It's about these actors and they're both pretty wonderful. I think I prefer Gleason a little bit more than uh, Barry Kerrigan, although I think um, he's pretty great as well. Yeah, both of them, really. Um, I love Barry Kerrigan. I know I'm going to mispronounce this, so I apologize if there's anyone Irish listening. Um, Kerrigan? I for- think so, yeah. Oh, man. Well, just know I'm, I am deeply sorry <laughs> um, if you're a mistake, but... Um, I did love his performance. I feel like when I'm typically seeing him in a film, it's like the second he shows up, it's like alarms go off and you know some crazy shit's about to happen. Um, Because he kind of, (laughs) uh, like in The Green Knight, in um, uh, Killing Uh, Sacred Deer. Yeah, um, Argus Lantimos, yep. Yeah, yeah, all of these things where he kind kind of comes in and has this very overwhelming and chaotic presence. And I loved here that he's, He's so, um, I don't know what the right word is. It's like sad, but almost like not. He's just so sweet. Um, And you just, you really want to care for him because you know he's going through so much and he's not necessarily like emotionally equipped to handle everything that he's going through. He doesn't really know what to do. Um, And so you just kind of want to be his savior a little bit. Um, And I, I, (laughs) you know, I I just loved it. I thought it was a very, very sweet performance and... um, I was, I was happy that he won the BAFTA as well. Yes. And nobody plays grumpy better than Brendan Gleeson. Like, yeah. and you believe his grumpiness. It comes from like a real place. Like you look at him being grumpy and you're like, okay, I get what this, why this man is grumpy. Totally. Yeah. Excellent sweaters all around. Um, yes. <laughs> great dog acting as well in yeah. a spell, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think I did an ode to Paul Dano last year, uh, last year, in the last episode. So if you if you want to know what we think of Paul Dano, listen to that episode. He's wonderful and he should have gotten the Fableman's nomination and not Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch is doing this very short, very big performance, but I think it's closer to caricature than actual character. Um, I kind of disagree. I think if I were to choose between the two of them, I would put Judd Hirsch here. Because I and right. I liked how his uh, performance affected the film. I agree that it, it kind of verges on caricature a little bit, but um, I like that it's kind of a, a mental turning point for the main character. He kind of meets this person and is sort of enlightened to the alternatives that might um, be available to him in life if he wants to be an artist. Like he can do that, um, and also <laughs> kind of, I guess realizing that he might just be a little bit different than his family and that's okay too yeah. um and i just think like kind of how overwhelming and like strange he is uh, his presence is in in those scenes the very brief scenes that he's in um really helps that message come across so i did find him very impactful and i enjoyed it and then of course the last actor in the category is kiki kwan who is the favorite and has won almost everything critics industry except the bafta um, and I think that performance is, has a lot of moments, um, that, that resonate. And I, th- I've, my favorite part of that movie is the homage to Wong Kar Wai. Um, and that's sort of when they're the glamorous couple. Um, yeah. and I think he's very affecting and that's the scene that everybody keeps playing for him when yep. he's in that glamorous set and he's. I would have loved know, to do laundry with you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. that that caught me. Yeah, for sure. He's wonderful. And 
I think it's that performance. It's um, he might have a big role and lots of screen time. He's on screen a lot, but he is absolutely a supporting actor because the whole thing is about his character supporting the Michelle Yeoh character and him supporting her. Um, and um, I think it's a wonderful performance. Yeah, that was my favorite performance in the film. If I'm if I'm being honest, um, and I think it is because. I, f- I think we're kind of inundated with antiheroes these days and, you know, people that you kind of have to learn to love um, despite their flaws. And I think there is an element of that to him because obviously he's not framed as, you know, the perfect guy or the perfect husband or whatever. But he is so unabashedly just a sweet person and a good person and a, like a loving man to his to his family. Uh, and it's just yeah. nice to see that kind of portrayed, um, like without reservation. It's just we're allowing him to be good and um, letting his positive worldview kind of dictate, <laughs> hey, like the the outcome of the film, uh, which I think is really nice and kind of a relief. And um, he does it so well. So good yeah. to see his return to film after so long. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when Spielberg is going to be done with those selfies, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he is the king of selfies, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, and we can't just go to the marquee um, category in the middle of this podcast. So let's do Best Actor before Best Actress. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so the nominees for Best Actor is Austin Butler in Elvis, Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Sharon, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Paul Meskel in After Sun, and the wonderful, lovely Bill Nye in Living. Um, and Izzy, I don't know where you stand on this category, but I never love all the performances in Best Actor. In fact, usually every year, my favorite act performance from an actor is never nominated. And this year, I love, love, love four of these performances. Absolutely the best of the year. And the fifths, not I don't like the movie and I think the performance could have been better, but it's still a pretty good performance. So this is maybe my favorite five that the Academy has nominated in I don't know how long. So. You know, I can I can absolutely see that because typically I am not very interested in Best Actor. I think the last time I was interested was the year it was like Antonio Banderas mm-hmm. when um, when um, Adam Sandler was snubbed for Uncut Gems. Like, <laughs> yeah. that whole year was really strong. But then typically you get, like, a lot of really boring biopics that just are awful, and I never even want to see the movies to begin with. And it's so uninteresting. And this year, I was like, hey, okay, damn. I was pretty impressed. I'm still impressed, and I still have no idea who's going to win. I feel like it's a total toss-up. I think it's Austin Butler. The Academy can't resist the biopic. They can't. Resist. I know, but I'm so mad. Okay. <laughs> but I can't. I just like, oh, I can't. They can't resist it. And it's the only category that has one out of the four acting um, categories. So they're going to go for him. Absolutely. Just, I am 100% sure. This is my plea to the Academy members. Okay. I have two questions for you. Do you, are you even a little tempted to be unpredictable? Does that have any appeal to you at all? And two, do you ever feel like you're being pandered to? And um, does that make you uncomfortable? <laughs> because it seems very easy to ma- manipulate this group of people into thinking that like you simply have to play a musical performer to, to be a good actor. Yeah. But, you know, at least this year, it's a good performance. It's actually a performance I love. We know everybody talked about the voice, but I think there is so much art into that performance. And he did so well. Like he got the mimicry right and did the voice and the mannerisms and all that. But there's also a lot of heart in that performance. I think Butler is pretty great. Yeah, I think I think I'm kind of torn on it because on the one hand, I think the film kind of fights against him a little bit. And we talked about this in the other episode, but... Yeah. Um, I strength is really in this the the quieter, like more personal moments, and there aren't too many of those in the film. So it's kind of like you kind of have to wait to see where he's really shining. I think, and then um, I don't know, just like as this is a personal taste thing, but mimicry doesn't really impress me that much. Like mm. I'm much more impressed by invention and what you can kind of add to a character. Um, 
from your own creativity. And it's kind of hard to do that with biopics because you're like precisely trying to imitate a living, breathing person that everybody is very familiar with. Yeah. So, yeah, like I get it. You know, he like did the voice training. He watched a bunch of YouTube and learned the right dances. But like, you know, I think most actors can do that. So so I'm like uh, a little bored with it, I'll say. But we're not bored with Paul Mescal. Like, I think Paul Mescal, I can't remember the last time an actor sort of came on the scene and in a couple of years just gave one great performance after the other. Like, normal people were such as like, hey, look at me. And he is, and I interviewed Emily Watson this year who made a movie with him, um, God's Preacher, where he played her son. It was a beautiful movie that not a lot of people unfortunately saw. And I remember talking to her about working with him and I said to her that, yeah, and I told Emily that her his performance in Normal People reminded me of her performance in Breaking the Waves in that they both had such innocence to them because they were playing these naive young people that don't have a lot of experience. But at the same time, the experience of acting, of how to touch people and give a meaningful big performance, it's as if he's been acting for like 20 years and that was her debut and she looked just appeared fully formed as a veteran actor who knows how to telegraph emotions on camera. And I think he's wonderful in After Sun and, and, um, and in God's Creatures. And if you want to see him play an even sort of like naughtier character, a little bit, you know, on the side of um, emotional complexity and ambiguity, I think God's Creature is there and you get another great Emily Watson performance. So it's been such a great year for him, and it's so happy that this, you know, I'm so happy that it, the nomination. Absolutely. Me too. Um, I loved him in After Sun. I think he is just so interesting to me. I haven't seen normal people, but I, I obviously he's very popular online. And so I've seen a lot of clips of his like interviews and like, you know, pictures of him. I like know weird things about his life that I just learned from being a person on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but he's... Uh, He's he almost seems like plucked out of time, like as a movie star. Like he has a very like classic face that just kind of I feel can work in literally any role, if that makes sense. Like the way he's playing a gladiator, I'm like, yeah, you don't have 20th century face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I can never imagine you doing that. Um uh it, he just feels very like primed to be kind of this very charismatic kind of chameleon type person. Um, And I'm excited for that. And I mean, him being in the sequel to Gladiator is kind of perfect because remember when Russell Crowe appeared in LA Confidential and he had sort of that combination of like, he could be tough, but he could be so sensitive. Yeah. And I think Paul Mescal has that, except he's a little bit more sensitive than than Russell (laughs) Crowe. But I think he also has that thing where you could just boom, like your your face can change in a second and you can go from one em- emotional extreme to the next. Uh, yeah, you yeah. can do that so well. And I think that's that's going to serve him well. Yeah, like I can imagine him like beating someone up in the back of a pub. But that <laughs> yes. also like, cl- like it clearly works to see him just like crying by himself in the bathroom and after yeah. that, you know, so it's like he can do both. He can do yeah. both. He can do both. Um, I think we talked about Colin Farrell in last week's episode a little bit, but yep. um, he is wonderful and he's also somebody, he's like, you know, two Irish guys, Paul and Colin, and um, and it's wonderful that they, it happened to them together. I can't believe it's Colin's first ever nomination. Shocking. Um, and I do, I wish there were more of a push for him to win as sort of like a career award in the way that we've already been talking about because... Clearly, I mean, he's been putting in very good performances for decades and I think was kind of overlooked for a long time because he was, you know, he was like very, he was a kind of a pretty boy for a while, huh? Yeah. Um, That's how I started, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, he just, he's made so many interesting choices in his career and I feel like he kind of gets undersold in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, the career thing, this this category is full of career nominations because the other mm-hmm. two that we haven't talked about are also, you can think of them as career. I mean, yeah. Brendan, Brendan Fraser is the one who sort of like his buzz has always been about the career and about he's finally getting a role that will win him an Oscar. Out. Yeah. 
And in fact, the movie for a long time, that was the only narrative for that movie was just a vehicle for his comeback, whatever that is. I think the performance in it is is sensitive, but he is sort of, and he is able to show the the emotions of this character despite the heavy latex makeup that he's under. So I give him props for that. But I just don't think the movie works. I don't think the movie knows what to do with that character. So this is, of the five, this is the one that, you know, I think it's good, but if there is one that, you know, we're going to dump one later, so maybe I'll give <laughs> something here. Um, if there is one to, like, you know, replace, it's probably him. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that argument for sure. And I think, like, I'm very happy with this performance in the sense that he is kind of an audience favorite and there's this kind of ways of nostalgia um, mm -hmm. that he's kind of riding in reputation right now. Um, but I think it's fine. Like, he's been, I think, mistreated by the industry in a way that deserves some unpacking and this has been a good opportunity for people to do that and yeah. uh, to think about his career. So, um, so yeah, I'm happy to see this nomination. I, I essentially agree with you about the film in general. So um, not too much to say about that one. Unfortunately, I haven't seen um, Living. So uh, I can't say much about Bill and I's performance there, but I imagine it's very similar to a lot of Bill and performance in his because <laughs> I can sort of guesstimate what, what it's like, I, I guess. I mean, he is just wonderful. And he's another actor who has such great presence. And this this is, he like makes you feel for this man. Like, you know, if you know the story, it's about this man who faces a terminal diagnosis and knows that he only has a few months to live and then decides to make seismic changes in his life. Because um, he was kind of living just this civil servant, just going to work, coming back. Um, and not doing anything memorable with his life. So he decides to live and make the few months that he he has left worth um, a, lot, a whole life. And he just, he just does that. You look at him going through these things and you just 100% believe him. And if we're talking about somebody who sings, he has a very wonderful, memorable song in this. I mean, he did sing it. Oh, I didn't know there was music in this. Well, there is one song. He goes... Okay. This is right after, you know, sorry for spoilers, right after he gets a diagnosis, he goes to this bar and gets drunk and sings the most the saddest song ever. Somebody realizing that life is infinite and that he has not, doesn't have much life. And that's not what the words are saying, but his singing and his performance says that to you. Um, and it's a wonderful moment. And he has a lot of great moments. Um, and it's also a very funny performance. Like, you know, he's paired with Amy Lou Wood who plays this woman who works with him. And, you know, they became, he was sort of ignoring everybody, but as he gets his diagnosis, he starts opening up. And there is this, there is a lot of funny scenes where he sort of comes to realize what other people exemplified by this young woman think of him as this old fuddy-duddy and as this person who's just like to be ignored and a person who um, is very strict and kind of a little bit not human. And so the, when he comes to that realization in those scenes with Amy Lou Wood, he's very funny. Um, and it's a note that you sort of like don't expect to see in a movie like this. Um, I think it's wonderful work. And it's also somebody who's been working for a very long time. So it's another career, career nomination. And I think for him, it's probably the nomination is the reward. Like I don't think he's competing yeah. to win. Well, I'm wondering, did this get any Na ba NAFTA? Oh my God. Um, did this get any BAFTA recognition? This seems like a very BAFTA-ready film. <laughs> it, it was nominated for him for the screenplay, which was also nominated at the Oscar, and it was nominated for Best British Film, but it didn't win any of its nominations. People expected it to maybe win um, for the screenplay because it's Kazuo Ishiguro, who's like a major literary figure in the UK and a well-respected Nobel Prize-winning writer. Yeah. Um, but, um, it didn't win it. It went to all fight on the Western front. Right. Surprisingly, I think, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, th I thought, um, Kazuo will definitely win, but he didn't, but I'm so happy Bill Nye is nominated and it's a, yeah, that's so cool. I mean, this is kind of how I feel weirdly about like, I would say 90% of the nominees this year, like. I don't really have any huge gripes. I have some gripes. Obviously, everybody does. But, like, yeah. largely, I think there was, um, a, like, a general, like, this is fine, you know? 
yeah. playing about a lot of it, which is interesting. I don't normally feel that way about the acting categories at all. <laughs> yeah, and it, and this is sort of like 16 of these nominees are first-time nominees. Like, that is a huge number. 16 out of 20 is huge. Like, it's Kate Blanchett, Michelle Williams, Angela Bassett, and Judd Hirsch who have been nominated before. That's it. Yeah. So, um, but I guess since you brought up her name, um, maybe we need to move on to be category. Before we move on to Best Actress, who gets your vote and who do you think is winning? Ah, yes. Um, Colin Farrell would get my vote here. Um, gosh, who, who do I think is winning? I guess Austin Butler as I think probably going to win, but I, I'm sad about that a little bit. It's Austin all the way for me. I think he's going to win and I want him to win. So. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. <laughs> Just perpetuating the biopic trend right here. You know, sometimes the biopic <laughs> is just the performance that you like. Like our most, favorite, yeah. you know, what? it's true. Our favorite film of the year was Tar, a biopic. So oh, Lydia Tar, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, so Kate Blanchett is nominated alongside um, Anna de Armas in Blonde. Another biopic, she plays Marilyn Monroe, Andrea Riseborough into Leslie Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, also a real person, even though it's not a biopic, and Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And I have to tell you, I love only one of these performances. Obviously, that's <laughs> I, shit. Yeah, I was um, suspicious as to which one that would be, but thank you for confirming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm very disappointed in this category because it could have been so much better. There had been yeah. wonderful performances this year. And it just you, when you get these, you look at these five and you're like, I can't believe this is what you ended up, <laughs> we ended up with. But anyway, what yeah. can you do? I mean, I think we both um, have raved about Kate Blanchett enough on our various platforms that we can like kind of safely assume everyone here understands <laughs> Yes, yes. I uh, have. We are obsessed. Um, so maybe we should like, should we move on to, uh, like, let's go to Michelle Williams, because I think we slightly disagree on this one a little bit, which might be more interesting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, what? Let's go to Michelle, who's playing Steven Spielberg's mom, Mitzi. Um, what did you think of the performance? So I typically am kind of like a Michelle Williams neutral. I guess I'll say there's nothing about her performances that like really turns me off, but I'm also not, I've never found myself emotionally very stirred by her performances either. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe the one about, was it wildfires? <laughs> I forget which one that, what that was called. Blue Valentine. Uh, Michelle Williams. I might even be thinking of Carrie Mulligan because I confuse the two of them literally Wild all life. the time. Yeah, yes. The, is that, that Carrie that's, Mulligan? That's Carrie oh Mulligan. <laughs> but see, this is how I feel about both of them. Like, they're kind of interchangeable to me, and I know that's going to infuriate a lot of people. But, like, I just can't, like, for some reason, my, I mean, my job is literally to, like, tell the slight differences between, like, various white women <laughs> in my, <Yes>. on my <laughs> channel. And I can't do it. Like, I have a face blindness with the two of them. Uh, anyways, <laughs> back, to, back to the subject at hand. I'm never upset to see her, but I'm never blown away. I think this was the one performance where I was like, oh, I like really get it. There were moments where um, the kind of like manic energy balanced with a very obvious kind of internal turmoil in this character um, really shone through um, in a really potent way for me in the way that she performed it. So I was I was pretty pleased with her performance. Um and in a film that I wasn't necessarily too enthusiastic about. So I'm not too mad to see her here, but it does feel very much like we're nominating Michelle Williams as opposed to like we're nominating this specific performance because it's great. Yeah. Um, so I actually like Michelle Williams quite a bit. I love her in Blue Valentine. I think I love her in Fosse Verdon. And actually this performance is a little reminiscent of Fosse Verdon. She is a technician. Like with her, you can always sort of see the work. Like you never, she never is relaxed enough on screen or is, a, is never able to hide the work that she puts. And I mean, all these act, actors put work into these characters. But I always feel with Michelle Williams that I see her homework. And sometimes I don't mind it. Um, and sometimes I do. And in this instance, I did mind it. First of all, I think it's 
this characterization, obviously based on a first person who's the mother of the director she's working in. So I'm sure she got it right. Like, I'm not saying she didn't get it. Yeah. I'm sure she did the research. She did her homework. She did everything. She watched the whole videos. She talked to Steven. She did it all and came up with this impersonation. But I could see the whole. I don't think she was ever relaxed enough. Also in Fosse Verdon, which I think she also did the homework and got the mannerisms and the voice of Gwen Verdon and did all of that. That was a performance where I didn't see the homework. But every time she's on screen in The Fablemans, I'm like, okay, it's a turn. You're doing a turn. I can see the wheels turning <laughs> in your head. Uh, I don't believe this. This is very cinema thing. And maybe that's baked in something that she and Spielberg talked about because it is a movie about the movies and the way he sees his mother. Maybe they talked about that and that's intentional, but it also just prevented me from totally emotionally connecting with this performance. Yeah, you know, I could see it. Um, I think I mentioned last time that this is a film that I really want to see again. Because I don't know if I must have been in like a weird mood, but I <laughs> when I saw it. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like every time I come up with an opinion about it, I'm like, oh, I'm wrong, <laughs> like, and I'm like willing to be wrong. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'd be interested to see how I receive it a second time. Yeah, for sure. How did you receive Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere? Love, love. Um, again, I mean, she's another one. This actually is a kind of a consistent theme this year, huh? Like with a lot of these, the the people who've been around for a long time and just kind of not recognized for what they've offered. And typically just because they're not in these like costume dramas all the time. Um, yeah. But are beloved anyway and kind of suddenly find themselves in these awards type movies. Although this isn't really an awards type movie traditionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think she is extremely perfect for her role in this film in a way that like almost no other actor is for that category like the things that she is specifically very good at are like perfectly utilized um in this screenplay so it's it's just really excellent to see like somebody's talents being so thoroughly utilized and um yeah she has just such obvious gifts that it's hard to kind of criticize her in any any substantial way yeah i mean i think you nailed it like it's a perfectly written part for her and her only and nobody else could have delivered that like her physicality in this role is out of this world like she could do so many magical things with her body with her hands with her legs with things that you can't even imagine when you're watching a movie that somebody can act as physical as Michelle Yeoh does. And that's something that she's been doing most of her career. And the film, it's not just that. It also gives her a role that sort of fits where she is in the culture um, and where she is in her age and sort of, you know, plays on all these things. It plays on her history as an action star. It plays on, you know, how people see her. Um, And it's perfect. Uh, Perfect for her and she nails it. I think there's a way of acting in action films where you kind of a lot of what you're doing physically at the time of the performance is faking what you're seeing. Or so you're like either you're on a lift or you're being flung somewhere and you kind of have to pretend to land or you have to pretend you're seeing something that isn't really there. It's just a tennis ball or something like that. Um, And sometimes you can kind of see an actor who's like can't get their imagination there. And it doesn't register on their face very well. Um, Mm. And for her, I think what kind of sells the performance for me is like, you can see how easily she's able to imagine the spaces that are just kind of put in words in the script might not have been around her in real life. And she's so like open and um, vulnerable and kind of fantastical in the way that she kind of uh, like presents herself on the screen. So um, it's, it's really lovely. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. I I agree too. I don't love this film, but I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you've made videos about our two other nominees, about Andrea Riseborough and to Leslie, and about and Anna Diarmas in Blonde. So maybe we shouldn't get too much into them because I think I personally don't have a lot to say about either of those performances. I saw to Leslie months ago, and it 
completely unmemorable. I thought it was a mediocre film and Andrea Riseborough didn't really jump at me. Like she's good. She's always good. But it didn't really jump at me as, as, as something special. And Yeah, with Andrea Riseborough, it's kind of another one where I'm enthusiastic about this nomination in the sense that I like her as an actor a lot and have liked her for a, a long time. And it's cool to see her get recognition, even though this is a very weird these are very weird circumstances. Absolutely. Um, and I also agree with you that I think it's kind of just an average film. And there are many independent films like this every year that just don't get this attention. Um, mm -hmm. So that seems kind of unjust in a way, weirdly, even though the whole thing is unjust. Um, yeah. But and it, it's also kind of like weird to think like I, I'm completely 100% against this nomination for the way they got it. But it's also kind of, I feel a little icky feeling so mad about this small indie movie. Like, Yeah, I, well, exactly. It's like they're David and Goliath, but like David is a billionaire yeah. or something. Like some yeah. weird like circumstance that like makes the underdog not as sympathetic as an underdog. Typically. Yeah, because it, it's about cloud and who you know. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not saying that the people behind Two Leslie are billionaires, but you know, it's just a metaphor. Um, but... And then with Anna de Armas, like I didn't talk about her performance at all in the in the video that I made about it because I, I kind of am still kind of unsure how to feel about it. Again, it's like biopic syndrome, right? Like how well can yeah. you kind of um, imitate this very well-known person? She does a pretty decent job with that. Um, even in some of the like recreations of the actual films, except for Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, because that was just like, oh my God. You can't do that because nobody can do that. Um, yeah. But I think like it's a tough, it's a tough performance to judge because I didn't like what she was being asked to do, but mm -hmm. she, but what she was asked to do, she did very well. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. She did a good job. She's very like skilled in emoting loudly. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like kind of a weird situation where you don't want to, appreciate what she's being asked to do because it's not very good one of the things that kind of bothers me about her performance is that I think there are some clear shortfalls in the way that the script was written and the way that it chose to portray Marilyn Monroe and I mm. and the way that she kind of interacts with Andrew Dominic in interviews where it's the two of them and they they talk really they talk a lot about how they collaborated on this characterization and how they collaborated on thinking about this character. And I don't think that she really, it doesn't seem like she pushed back at all on the way that he was thinking about her. Mm. And I kind of, I, part of me wishes that there would have been some sense of like, yeah, we really struggled with how we thought about her or like we, um, that she kind of would have brought more of her perspective, like as an actress, I'm sure she's been through really, you know, shitty things as well, like that might, you know, relate to Marilyn's life in small ways here and there. And um, yeah, I just kind of wanted like more from her, like her perspective of Marilyn, as opposed to like just straight up giving us what Dominic wants from the story. She was completely acting as a vessel for his vision. Yeah. 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 And I, I agree with you about the biopic thing. Like this is one of those performances where I think the nomination happened at the time of casting and no matter what the yeah. movie turned out to be it just maintained the fact that it was going to be nominated no matter what and there was a time when the movie you know came out and you know it wasn't received well at all um, I don't think that many people liked it although she did get good reviews where it felt like it was not going to happen but it just proves that what anybody cast in that movie and it did get, go through a lot of actresses from Naomi Watts to Jessica Chastain until it ended with Anna Diarmas. I think whatever version, which is whatever actress, would have gotten the Best Actress nomination. Yeah. Um, because and, and two things on that, which is one, I think it saved her ass that she got this nomination. <laughs> like, because, you know, that seems like a film that could ruin your career if people yeah. don't receive it the right way. And so, like, the fact that people are responding to her performance is really good. Mm -hmm. um, and that's great because I actually do like her and pretty much everything else that I've seen her in. Um, so that's good. Um, and two, I think, obviously, one of the things we've been talking about a lot with the two Leslie nomination is like, 
who gets nominated and for what and like who has privilege when it comes to nominations. And I think like when it comes to biopics, it's very clear this year that like if you're a Mer- if you're playing Marilyn Monroe, like that imitation alone is going to get you something that like Woman King or um, Till uh, Till will get you, even though they're also playing like I think real people. So I mean, I mean, Definitely. I know the history of um, the Woman King quite as well, but like I mean, I I think Till is closer because it's somebody who is from the 20th century yeah. as opposed to somebody you know. They are the Woman King. I think is based on real events and real people, but way back when nobody knew. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I understand, kind of questionable in its own <laughs> retelling of history as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think like that's also worth noting, like uh, that not everybody is given that kind of opportunity. Yeah. And I think the reaction to Blonde and to that performance, it also shows a dichotomy or schism in sort of how the industry reacted to it. Because she basically got nominated at every industry award the yeah. SAG, the you know, the BAFTA, the um, the Oscars, I mean, the Golden Globes are not really industry, but they're their own thing. So let's not even talk about that. But sh- the industry basically embraced her where she didn't actually get that much. She got good reviews, but she never got any critics. Awards. But yeah, I think it just shows, you know, I remember when she presented Colin Farrell with his Golden Globe and he like took a moment, took a minute to tell her how wonderful he thought her performance is. And that was a moment I was like, ooh. All the actors love blonde. Yeah, no, it's crazy. They, re- yeah, it's interesting. I mean, but it's also that's one of the things that surprised me about the two Leslie campaign, which we might have already discussed. But I was like, I can't believe how blown away people are by this nomination. It's like they've never seen a movie before. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't believe, I can't believe this performance. <laughs> I was like, okay. And it's a performance that happens, I think, as somebody who, you know, as a programmer, I see hundreds of movies. It happens in a lot of indie yeah. movies, all, every day, almost every day. Yeah, exactly. So I was, it's, that was surprising to me. And so I've, I'm kind of interested in, I'd love to learn more if there are any anonymous actors that want to come forward and be like, tell us what people are watching. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yes. I think in the next few weeks, maybe we'll we'll get some actors to... Um, as guests, and maybe we'll ask them about some of, these, yeah. some of these performances. Um, so I think Kate's going to win. Kate has won everything. Um, I think she's going to win for different reasons. I think she's going to win because the narrative for her is that this is the best, one of the best performances, if not the best of her long career. And how could you not reward that? And I think the other thing that is going for her is that her main rival is Michelle Yeoh and that movie is going to win other places while it seems that Tar can only win Best Actress and the thing is so far we're recording this after the BAFTAs but before the SAG so far she has won every major award for her performance in Tar starting with Volpe at Venice going through most of the critics she lost some regional critics but the big critics the big city critics New York LA London and National Society all went to Kate. She won the Critics' Choice and she won BAFTA. So I think it's her, even if Michelle wins SAG. I think she's still mm. That was going to be my question because I think that would be the one thing that would make me question myself as to whether I think Kate is going to win or not if Michelle won that. I think, to the point I, I said, and I'll repeat it, I think um, everywhere, 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 whatever that movie's called, everything, everywhere, will win other categories. And Tar can only win actress. And Tar is very loved. It got nominations um, at the Oscars for cinematography and for editing that nobody was expecting it to get. Mm-hmm. So it has support. So, and I'm so excited. I'm just saying, as a huge, big fan of Kate Blanchett's, since the very beginning, you know, <laughs> that commitment to her and her work is paying dividends. It's a wonderful time to, to live and see her being recognized literally as the best actress. Yeah. Best actor of her generation. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. I mean, to me, this is bar none the best acting performance I saw this year. And people are going to complain, but that's how I feel. <laughs> um, I think um, I also do think it's at least top three performances of hers ever. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But for me, it's like maybe number one. 
which is, I feel bold, but maybe true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would vote for her. I hope she wins. And yeah. I think she will. Hopefully. We'll see. But again, like, I would also not be pissed if Michelle yeah, won. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Like, she had, Kate Lynch has two. She's yeah. fine. Nobody's going to forget Tar in two years because she didn't win this award. So yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Happy with it's Michelle so, as well. It's so funny when this movie came out and there were a lot of um, articles written about Kate Blanchett about is, you know, this is her best performance. And at the time, I kind of refused. I was like, no, this can't be her best performance. But, you know, she's done Blue Jasmine. She did Carol. She did uh, uh, all these other things. But now I think that it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it asks so much of her um, in a way that I, definitely Carol does it because she's kind of uh, not supporting, like she's a lead in that, but it's not necessarily from her perspective. So this clearly is um, and asks a lot of her in that way. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, let's go. I think she's going to win. I'm so excited. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of... Uh, Things that we wish could have, could win or could have been nominated. Yeah. So move on to our final segment as yes. to close the show. Um, let's turn it over to our beloved Betty Davis. So easy. Let's start with you know the same way we started supporting actress. If you were to dump somebody from that category, and you can dump one or two, up to you. Who would you dump, and who would you add? My God. Okay, wait, let me get the list in front of me. Just to be sure. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. I am going to dumb. Oh, God. I feel like I'm just asking people to be mad at me now. <laughs> Don't worry. They're going to be madder at me. <laughs> well, okay. I'll tell you my priority here. I would okay. love to get in Dolly DeLeon from... Um, Triangle of Sadness, and I would love to get in Nina Haas. And then yes. to me, I'm going to dump the everything everywhere all at once, uh, ladies. No offense to them. I love them. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. And those were the two that I would bring on, too. We are okay. on the same page. Absolutely. That's great. They can be mad at both of us. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. But that's yeah. where we are. Yeah. Um, I'm also just, you know, I definitely want Dolly and Nina Haas there. Um, but I also just want to say, you know, somebody who's given a great performance this year and who has sort of shown facets of her talent that hasn't been shown before and who people kind of completely ignored is um, from the inspection, Gabrielle Union. She plays um, in that movie, she plays um, the sort of gruff mother of this gay Marine who cannot find it in her heart to accept him as a gay person and she brought shades of you know you ex you know you expect that gruffness but she also showed you like what this woman is and how she came to feel that way and i think it's something that we haven't seen from her um and i wish more people saw that movie and appreciated that performance so i don't want to dump a third person from the category but this is why i think in the end i don't like this category because it doesn't really represent the people that i loved and mm. who gave performances yeah, I think my third would be um, Kiki Palmer in No. Nope. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she was fantastic. And just as another one of those um, actors who is overlooked for some god-awful reason. I have no idea why. Um, she's just so versatile. I tr I'm not kidding. Like, probably the most charismatic person in the entire industry, like, from what I can tell. Um, so... Yeah, just a, sh a shame that she didn't get more. I know she got a few critics uh, notices for that, but... Um, yeah, she got one of the big ones. She got New York, which is pretty yeah, big, but pretty still. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so for supporting actor, I think it's clear I would dump Judd Hirsch for Paul Dano. Same movie, uh, so that makes it easy. I actually love a performance in Till that is not Daniel Deadweiler, although I love her too. It's Good. John Douglas Thompson. Um, he's so wonderful. It's playing the Till cousin on whose watch Till was kidnapped and murdered. And he has this great scene with Daniel Detweiler where um, she is asking him 
why didn't he protect her son like he would have protected his sons? And he is talking about the guilt he feels and about how it means, what it means to grow up as a black man, where you feel like you should protect your family, but because of the way that the country and the white people see you, you can't really play that role. And it's a scene that is just so wonderful and um, from both actors. And it tells you so much you need to know, not just about these characters, um, but about America as a whole. And I think it's, it's, it's something I, I didn't see a lot of people sort of recognizing him. And he's, um, he's an actor who's been doing a lot of work in TV. He was in Mayor Easttown. He, he does stage work here in New York. And it, I, I, when I saw that movie, I was like, oh my God, John Douglas Thompson, everybody's going to be talking about him this year. <laughs> and yeah. it happened because I think not that many people saw Till, unfortunately. So I think mine would be Albrecht Juk from All Quiet on the Western Front. He plays Cot. Um, so he's kind of like an older brother figure um, to the main character, Paul, in this film. Um, and he, I think, was just a really grounding presence for both that character and the film. Um, who He kind of is, he's the guy who like knows his way around and can, you know, find a food when there is none and really help support the younger boys in the, um, in the trenches. Um, and I just thought he was a very like sympathetic and kind of like good figure to have around. Like you always felt very comfortable by his presence. Um, and like everything was going to be fine. Like if, if Kat was there, like he's going to take care of everything. So, and he's just very good. Like I think his final scenes in that film are so devastating and um, I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, I agree. He's very charismatic and he yeah. was definitely the performance that stood out in Old Wyatt. Absolutely. Good choice. I don't know who I'm dumping, though. Maybe I'll... Well, you have to dump someone. I mean, who do you love least? I don't know. I Maybe Brendan Gleeson, because I feel like he was a co-lead. So maybe I'll just use that, like, category. Yeah. Broad excuse that, that I don't that, really believe in. So just put you're using a, in there. You're using a loophole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. So best actor, I think... I sort of thought I had an answer, and then I went to my top three actors of the year, and it was Bill Nye, Austin Butler, and Paul Mescal. So I'm like, they're all nominated. So who am I going to do? Which is why I really love love this category. Like, I think it's it's pretty great. Yeah, I think mine would be uh, probably Park. Oh, God. Again, I'm really apologizing to anyone who speaks Korean and is about to, you know, have their ears bleed when I say this with Park Hey ill Yeah. From Decision to Leave. <laughs> um, I thought he was so good in that movie. Um, just, he was like very funny, but also smart and tragic, just hitting tons of notes within one film. And um, I thought he was incredible. So yeah, I would love to see him. Oh, like, let's do it. I'll join you. We can Great. dump Bren Brendan for Park Hale. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> and if we move to, to Best Actress, let's just put Tang Wei there. I love there her. I think she was great. Yeah, I'll dump great. Andrea Riseborough for Tang Wei. And then I will dump Anna Diarmas for Emily Watson in, in God's Creatures. I've loved Emily Watson all, like, since I saw her in in the in Breaking the Waves, I've always loved her. I thought she was an amazing actor. And you look at Emily Watson; she's the same age as Nicole Kidman, as Kate Blanchett, as younger than Julianne Moore by maybe a decade. And I don't understand why she doesn't get the roles that these actresses keep getting because she's just as good, if not better, than some of them. And this year, she finally got a role where she's the center of it. It's in this in God's Creatures where she plays this woman who has a very sort of intimate, a little too intimate relationship with her son, played by Paul Vescal. And then he does something that we're never sure of, that he maybe has raped a young woman and she has to lie for him, um, for the police to sort of hide, you know, so that he doesn't get into trouble. And then the movie is about her reckoning with that after it happens. Um, and it's a complete... It's all about this character. She's so wonderful in it. And I hope 
I wish more people had seen God Creatures and Emily Watson is wonderful in it. So Yeah, I didn't see that, but I'm going to add it to my list for sure. It sounds really good. Yeah. Um, mine, I have two. So I guess I'll just kick out the same two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to follow trends here. I'm not, yeah, trying to be a trailblazer. But um, yeah. mine would be Guslagi Malanda from St. Omer. Yes. You know, how could I forget Guslagi yeah. Malanda? Sure. Absolutely. Let's kick someone. Oh She's so great. I mean, talk about captivating performances. Um, I think she does the hardest thing an actor can do, which is essentially stand in one place and deliver a monologue that's who knows how many minutes long um, without with almost zero expression and being absolutely interesting and nuanced while doing it. I mean, wild. I haven't seen anything like it in a really long time. Yeah. Um, mesmerizing she's absolutely. so mesmerizing in that performance and you're right those long scenes where the cameras it's just her face and everything is just on that face and you can she doesn't break the spell and then the second one is um emma thompson in good luck to you leo grand which i think i like for similar reasons right it's, it's kind of like a chamber drama mm-hmm. where there's not a lot going on physically. And so you really are kind of relying on the skill of the actor to make things interesting. It's just kind of two people sitting around and talking for most of the film. Um, and I think Emma Thompson does such an amazing job as this woman who has um, a lot of baggage, <laughs> um, who's trying to like free herself from these very conservative thoughts and is struggling a lot with it. And um, uh, yeah, I just thought she was so... Um, sympathetic and well sometimes i guess (laughs) there are some moments where she is not at all sympathetic in that film yeah um but yeah i think she kind of toes that line really well where you kind of know like oh i don't agree with her here i'm hoping for the best for her but you know we'll get there eventually and uh yeah so the two of them i think kind of didn't get enough recognition this year from american critics but both delivered really spectacular small performances you just imagine a category that has Emma Thompson, Guslaja Malanda, Emily Watson, Tang Wei, and then we can add in Kate. Like that would have been so amazing, which is why yeah. I think Best Actress this year um, and Michelle Yeoh, let's add Kate and Michelle Yeoh, um, would have been so much better. There was just so much amazing work. And the Academy is just like, no, we're just going to give it to Spielberg's mom and, um, you know, um, Marilyn Monroe. Like, I'm like, come on. This is where their imagination completely failed. I think the, I mean, for obvious reasons, I think the best actor and best actress categories are the worst at like digging deep to find good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I think supporting does better at that. But like, yeah, it can be pretty shocking from year to year. Just being like, oh, yeah, exactly what we thought would (laughs) would get nominated was nominated. Yeah. And the shocking one was just a mediocre performance that, you, you know, like from a mediocre right. movie. Andrea Riseborough is a great actor, but this will not even rank as the top five of her. Yeah, I, I agree with that, to be honest. Well, that's our thoughts on uh, all the acting nominations this year. We're excited for the Oscars. I think, Izzy, our next maybe episode, we'll talk about the aftermath and see if these sort of Ooh. kind of predictions we made were correct or not. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I'm excited to look like a complete idiot (laughs) in a few weeks time. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Yeah. That's always fun because nobody knows anything as William Goldman said, but until next time you can find me on Twitter at M E underscore says at Izzy. Yes. On Twitter at BK rewind and on YouTube at be kind rewind. And until next time, thank you for listening.